And secondly, the song that Mary sings. It happens when Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth and is greeted by her that Mary breaks out into this song, sometimes called the Magnificat, found also in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. Mary said, With all my heart I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next, who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled down the powerful from the thrones, and he has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so this fourth Sunday, this last Sunday of Advent, this last moment of preparation. It's not happening this year, but every other year my parents show up for Christmas and we celebrate together. And one of the things that we are mourning, that we are grieving this year is that that's not happening. But the thing that happens when my parents come to visit, and maybe some of you are familiar with this, is they usually give us a call or a text when they're about an hour or an hour and a half away. And that's the moment when we spend the next hour, hour and a half, running around making sure we get the last things done, right? The carpet cleaned, the counter wiped down, the guest bedroom, the sheets up, so that when they get there, it's all ready. This is that moment. This is that moment before the moment. That last rush of preparation. And Advent 4 has often been a time when we have turned to the story of Mary, the mother of our Lord. Especially the beginning of the story, the story of the Annunciation and then the Magnificat. Now I want to talk about Mary, the mother of our Lord, but first I want to talk about another Mary. And it's one of those stories that I'm always surprised to discover people don't know. The year was 1954 and it was Christmas, and Mamie Till took a picture of her 14-year-old son, Emmett, in Chicago, a bright, beaming young man, his beautiful hat on and his Christmas vest. And Mamie Till, like a lot of black Americans, was from Mississippi and had moved up to Chicago. And the next year, she decided as a rite of passage, her son Emmett should go back to Mississippi to visit their people, their family, and her roots. Emmett Till 
found himself in the wrong place at the wrong time, not having grown up in the South during Jim Crow. He didn't know the rules and the obligations, and he somehow stepped out of line. He went missing on a Sunday night. He was missing for three days. Three days they didn't know where Emmett Hill was until his body washed up on the shores of the river outside of Money, Mississippi. Maybe Till had a choice. She could keep quiet and bury her son as so many parents of lynched children had done. Or she could speak out. And they said to Mamie, Mamie, if you speak out, you are going to become a target. If you tell the story of this horrible thing that happened to your son, people are going to react and it's not going to be pretty. You're going to have to put all of your grief and all of your anger out on display. And that's what Mamie Till did in 1955. She offered for publications to take pictures of her son's body after it had been in the river for three days. And she held in Chicago an open casket funeral for her son. For many people, that was their first experience of what lynching looked like, of the horrors of racism. Many people look to the story of Emmett Till and especially to the witness of Mamie Till as the beginning of the civil rights movement. That moment when people began to strive to upset the order of the day, to give power to those who had none and take away authority from those who were abusing it. All through Mamie Till's courage and grief. You see, I think we often tell the story of Mary, the mother of our Lord, as if she is this gentle, humble, quiet, mild figure standing off to the side in our nativity sets. Mary, like she is Merry Christmas Mary, right? Like she is, like she is cheerful, perhaps, and lively. But Mary, the name, actually means Sea of Sorrow. Sea of Sorrow. Mary, who knew eyes wide open what she was getting into. Mary, who was told, if you go through with this, you will have to sit and watch the lynching death of your son. Mary, who was told, if you go through with this, You have to be the witness to what happens at this first Christmas and everything that comes after. Mary is not this shrinking violet of a woman. She is a young woman of courage and daring. Like Mamie Till, she steps up and does what needs to be done in the Christmas story. She says... The angel Gabriel comes. Number one, I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. If this happens, everyone's going to think that I am that sort of woman. Gabriel says, I know. But your child will be destined for great things and terrible things. 
And then Mary says, as we read in Scripture, let it be with me according to your will, which I have never said in my life. I don't know about you, but like, let it be with me, Father, according to your will is never something I've said to my dad. Let it be with me according to your will is the equivalent of let's roll. (laughs) Bring it on. Let's do this, says Mary. Sea of bitterness. Sea of sorrow. Mary looks dead on at the grief that she is going to have to endure. The agony that she is going to have to endure. The pain that she is going to have to endure. And she says it is worth it. And then she sings this beautiful song about why it's worth it. I will magnify the Lord my God because God has done great things for me. And this is what God will do. God will show mercy, forgiveness, prodigally to all people. And God will scatter the proud, the vain, the braggarts. God will rip the mighty down from their thrones and lift up the lowly. God will turn the world upside down. That's not a thing that happens easily. People who have power and authority, especially those who abuse it, are not quick to let go of it. But that's precisely what the Magnificat promises, that the coming of God's kingdom, the birth of this child in Bethlehem, is a sign for the turning of the world upside down. That you and I are called to participate in. That you and I are called to be a part of. Mary, did you know? Of course Mary knew. Mary knew and she chose it. Willingly. Courageously. Eyes wide open. Faith is not about doing the easy thing. Faith is not about a life of sunshine and roses. This has not been an easy year for any of us. And yet, here we are at Christmas, and God says to us, are you ready for more? Are you ready for the world to be turned upside down by the birth of an infant child? Are you ready for those who grieve to become the ones who rejoice? For those who are hungry to become the ones who are full? And for those who have more than enough to be sent away empty-handed. Wonder what it looks like this Christmas for us to reimagine Mary. Not the Mary of a thousand and one Christmas pageants, but Mary as she was. Mary as the sea of sorrows, Mary as the courageous witness to all that God had done. Mary, calling us to boldly proclaim God's good news. Mary, calling us to risk everything for the kingdom of God. We don't have long now. December 20th, five days until Christmas Day. But more importantly, 
as we pray again and again and again. Christ is returning once again. Are we ready with courage? Are we ready with bravery? Are we ready to call out the things that are contrary to God and God's kingdom and to work for love, joy, faith, and hope in our world this Christmas and always.